Blog Talk Radio. It's me, spontaneous. As I look at the world, it's beautiful. But what's been going on within the last few years has been extremely disturbing to me, especially in my country of the USA. I just want to thank all the amazing people worldwide who do great and amazing things for this planet and for people. Millions of people will hear today my radio show. Some of the most amazing men will be the guests speaking on what's happening in their communities and how we can make the future better without smacking the shit out of player haters and people who envy great people who've been making a difference in this world. Hot, rest in peace, I miss you, baby. Nixie, rest in peace. True real king, we love you always. Thug life forever, PLM baby, forever. These various rappers are so hilarious. Who put the mic down, but y'all ain't qualified to carry this, y'all. Tracks are garbage, your bars are miscellaneous. So throwing your joint out my car was spontaneous. Spontaneous, Thank you. 
this is dedication. This is anti-hesitation. This is a real nigga celebration. It's a dime block declaration. 59th and 5th Ave, Granny House. My nigga, this is dedication. This is anti-hesitation. This is a real nigga celebration. It's a dime block declaration. 59th and 5th Ave, Granny House. My nigga, this is dedication. 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 Nigga, this is dedication. Nigga, this is dedication. Nigga, this is dedication. And good evening. Hello, Chicago. Hello from wherever you're listening. <laughs> and I have got to say, uh, this is a live Chicago PLM radio exclusive. I'm LeVar Evans. You know, if you hear the excitement in my voice, I am so honored and I am so happy to be back with you all again tonight. It's been, if you allow me just a second here, almost two years since I have taken the airwaves. And you know that I would only come back for one important reason. And the main important reason is the boss herself, Spontaneous, shout out to her tonight, the female entertainer who was managed by the great Tupac Shakur. And when she gave me a call, and when she told me about this roundtable discussion and the topic tonight, and especially what's going on in this world right now, I could not pass up the point of becoming a part of this PLM family. And <laughs> I know these fine people. I've worked with them before. You've heard them on different broadcasts that I've done. And before I go off into a 10-minute tangent about just how awesome these people are, <laughs> I will stop. <laughs> I got to bring them in. We only got like an hour show, but uh, there's so much that we have to do tonight. So much that we want to talk about. But before I kind of bring on and you kind of hear them in the background, just really quick, I want to make sure that we send out our love and our thoughts and our prayers, uh, especially with the victims and their families and their loved ones in El Paso, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, and also especially, you know, this week I saw a story about the widower, uh, Antonio Basco from El Paso. It's just a heart-wrenching story about mm-hmm. him losing his wife, and they did not have a lot of family. And in the midst of all of that, the one great thing about this nation and what I saw was people reacting in the face of hate, coming out and showing love to this man and coming from far away, being there, for him at such a difficult time and for all of you that are going through it definitely thinking about you uh, we dedicate this show to you tonight and as I said uh, I am happy to be now a part of the PLM family you will be hearing me on PLM programming actually if you are on Twitter tonight hashtag PLM roundtable you could discuss it along with us and I want to bring aboard a couple of my PLM brothers DJ Wahid, and I also want to bring on DJ FX. Gentlemen, how yep, are you? Yep. Evening. Oh, man. Mm. It's great. Great to be here. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got to give a shout out to Spawn for, again, uh, allowing this because this is a long time coming. This this is a long time yeah. coming. So definitely a shout out to uh, uh, my big sis, our big sis, our, our beautiful boss, Miss Spontaneous. So de- definitely a shout out to her. Thank you. Thank you to her. 
Yeah, man, and um, I'm I'm just in the words of just being grateful, um, grateful for life, grateful for um, having a a roof over my head, grateful for um, yes, not Lord. you know. Not be, not being in a presence a presence of negative forty five, um, right. just grateful, just just grateful. I I I I refer to the fool as negative forty five because it's, it ain't nothing positive about that dude. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll take that back. There's one good thing I could say about it. At least we know who our our let me just say I don't want to use the word enemy, but let's just say who's a threat to our way of life. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. At least we know who that Amen is. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> and, you know, as I kind of said, guys, you know, tonight being this roundtable, you know, I think when I look at a roundtable discussion, it's definitely something where it may start here. But I hope that for mm-hmm. all of you that are listening tonight, wherever you are, and, you know, I'm in Chicago, uh, and gentlemen there in the DMV, if you don't know what the DMV is, then visit there. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. D.C. in Virginia. Yep. Um, yep. D.C., Maryland, but, and yeah. Virginia. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's not the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. Let's not just at be all. really clear, y'all. Yep. That's D.C., Maryland, and V.A. That's the DMV. That's that's the tri. Well, well, two states and one nation's capital. That's all in there within the belt of 495. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was going to say, while this discussion tonight, while it's not the definitive answer to what else is, I hope that it's an eye-opener to what does and brings us to wondering what we can do. And I'm not talking about we as in the three of us, but you listening tonight as into what you can do. Um, I definitely couldn't do this show without these guys tonight, and I'm so happy, like I said, to be a part of the PLM family and this roundtable discussion, and I guess I just want to start right into it. Let's go right into it. Uh, One of the things I know is that for those of you that have seen some of the uh, flyers that went out for this broadcast, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what's the correlation with Pac and Nipsey? These were two guys, and I'm going to go to the streets real quick for all of you, and I know a lot of people say, well, why are you speaking so proper? But I'm going to go to the streets for you real quick. <laughs> These were two guys that were definitely woke, as they say, yeah. as yeah. what was yeah. going yeah. on yeah. area. And, you know, we will mention them quite a bit throughout this evening, and it's no secret that violence is plaguing the streets of places such as here in Chicago and where uh, my brothers are at in the DMV. You know, these guys rapped about and bought about stories of their struggles and the struggles of where they live, but also showed the promises of overcoming and in ways spotlighting the good of their communities through coming together. And I guess my question for both of you, and I'll start with uh, you first, Wahid, and then FX, but I guess sure. the first question out the box here is how relevant are both of those messages uh, to the situations that were occurring with them then to now, especially where you are, and you know, with the in the areas that you are, what you've seen. Yeah, I live in Baltimore City. Um, originally from New York. Um, you know, just like Pac, you know, he's from New York. He lived here in Baltimore. Um, at the time, moved out. You know, at least a year before I moved to the city of Baltimore. And same thing with Nipsey. And, and what it is is that uh, when you got a lot of people who are doing good in the community, you know, I, I know of friends, people who I've known for years. I mean, like 
you know, for one example, one of my uh, our buddies named Jabari, he's been a barber for many, like at least 19, 20 years and has a barber and boot camp. Not only is he, you know, helping young adults um, and older people, but also youngsters who want to learn how to learn a trade and learn how to support themselves and feed their families. So that's definitely one thing that he's definitely doing. It's similar to what Nipsey has done in his neighborhood, his store, his marathon clothing store became, it's not just a clothing store, but, you know, everything that he was building, it was like an institution. So, again, I know our brothers out here in Baltimore who are doing the same thing as we speak, who are relating to the youngsters, especially our black youth out here. So Pac definitely spoke to that because Pac was, as we all know, a second-generation revolutionary. His mother was a Black Panther, and he was a second generation of that. So to be raised with all that, you're going to have that spirit of being able to do for your people and in, in order to do for yourself, put yourself in a position where you can do for others. So those are, you know, just an example with the similarities that is going on here in Baltimore City, uh, for that matter. Um, the thing that, you know, hurts at times is that it's the murder rate. It keeps climbing yep. and climbing, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. like every other major city, including Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, as of date right now, it's been over 171 murders. And, it, you know, the summer's not even over yet. You know, I don't want to say who's next, but, again, the summer's not even over yet. So how it yeah. relates to, you know, what Nipsey and, and Pac were doing, um, it's the similar struggles over here as well. That's how it relates. It's the similar struggles over here. You know, yeah. when Pac made the song, Brenda had a baby, there was a lot of Brendas running around here in, in Baltimore City. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, pop don't keep your head up. A lot yep. of people here in this city related to that. Yeah, and, he was definitely, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. It's no. kind of like, you know, I think everyone can relate because it's like not only in your area, you know, you see the same thing. You see mothers here, single moms uh, who you know, get out and do what they do every day, you know, and take all of, you know, whether it's their one child or two kids with them, you know, trying to do it. I think back to those songs and I was like, you know, it's just as relevant, the message as it was then. And it's hard to believe that that message was now over 20 years ago, especially with Pac. Uh, Mm -hmm. But message remains the same and Mm -hmm. it has not changed and the struggle has not changed. And, I guess for you guys in your area where you are at there in DMV, uh, do you I, – I, and for and I'm doing this tonight, and I just want to kind of sidetrack this to everyone here uh, for a point of reflection. I've never been to the DMV. Would love to go. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who have never been there. They hear about it. There's a lot right. of people who have never been to, to Chicago. They hear about it. And mm-hmm. – you know, for you guys that are living there, if you were speaking to someone like me, and I hear all of these things about your area, and and you know what the reflection or what someone's going to say right off the bat is, oh, I can't go there. I hear too much about this. What do mm-hmm. you say to those people who have their assumption about that area? Talk to the people. Uh. Get to know yeah. the people who live there, live here in the area. Um, yeah. You know, Baltimore may not be a tourist capital um, worldwide like Washington, D.C. is per se, 
but you got to be able to come to Baltimore and see for yourself. You got to be able to talk to people, and they'll give you a way you can go and where you cannot go. Um, yeah. Let's just yeah. keep it real because when you got a lot of people who feel like they are disenfranchised, people who feel that they cannot do anything for themselves, to me, I, I, I feel that it's really like that's a generational thing. People got to mm-hmm. understand that a lot of people here in Baltimore City, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least I, I'm, I'm going to just speak from my experiences of dealing with a lot of people here in Baltimore City that dealt with some type of trauma or one thing or another, and it's generational. Not so much yeah. from the parent to the child, but from the grandparents to the child. People got to realize that everything that your grandparents go through, like your, especially like your grandmother and your maternal side, everything has an effect on you today. At some point in time, you have gone through something that your your maternal grandmother has gone through emotionally, on a spiritual level, on a physical level. Over. She has gone through it, and it, and it continues. It carries over. It definitely carries over. Um, just to kind of piggyback off that point, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to D.C., and this is where it actually got a little skewed for me, is, you know, D.C. at one point was the murder capital of the world. It, it was at one point, maybe a couple yeah. of years in a row, and this was like back in the 90s, right? But the oh. funny thing about that was a lot of that stuff got reported from southeast D.C. Now, I'm going to give you a small mm-hmm. bit of history behind that. Southeast D.C. Mm-hmm. at one point used to be the one spot nobody went, even black folks. If you want to yep. take it further, even niggas didn't go there either. Because yep. when it got to a point where it's like, look, if you're in Southeast, if you know somebody out there, make sure you leave before sundown. Because that's when things got crazy. But it was only in that one little quadrant of the city. Nothing really happened that much in Northeast. Nothing damn sure didn't really happen that much in Northwest because that's where a lot of mm-hmm. the non-uses didn't live. And then you had Southwest, which is basically where a lot of your, well, a lot of your councilmen and councilwomen live. So, so now here it is, 2019. It's not as, cho- you know, D.C. was known as the chocolate city at one point. <laughs> Still a little bit of chocolate left, but eh, now you're starting to see a little sprinkles, if you know what I mean. So now now you're starting to see, uh, well, demographically, you're starting to see a little bit of a change. Um, it's definitely not what it used to be five, ten years ago. You know, I grew up playing with drug dealers, believe it or not, just during the summer times where I'll go across. These are friends of mine that I went to school with, elementary school, junior high school, high school. I knew they sold drugs. They they had they knew people that were selling drugs right outside their house. I I've seen it outside my own house. But played ball with them, knew them first names. Say what's up? How you doing? Try to play ball today? Sure, we'll go down to Rosedale, whatever. You know, everybody that's listening to you from the DC area, Rosedale is one of the rec centers. But that's basically how it went. And and to kind of go back to that point of you know with with Pac and Nipsey is they were ahead of their time. You know everything that. Pac was talking about in his neck of the woods was going on in Baltimore was going damn sure going on to DC was definitely going on in Arizona and, and in Florida and I mean, areas like that. So he saw things that really the media wasn't really picking up on at the time. So he was ahead of his time. Nipsey just took the torch and ran with it. That's just what he did. So it's, they were ahead of their time. They were ahead of their time. Yeah, I'm glad you guys kind of touched on it a little bit because that leads me into my next question. Here in Chicago, and if you've never been here, you know, one of the things when we discuss crime, the one thing you'll hear from Chicagoans such as myself is that we will tell you 
that most of the crime is centered or populated in specific areas. Outside mm-hmm. of those specific areas, it's not bad. But in those targeted specific areas, it's not the best. And, and when you hear of crime, you know, in, here in Chicago, Inglewood is well known probably to a lot of people, uh, especially <laughs> if right. you lived here or even have seen different documentaries about crime in Chicago uh, or yes. West Inglewood. And I guess for mm-hmm. those of uh, us who are not familiar, in your neighborhoods in which you've seen these things compared to other neighborhoods, uh, what major differences, or I guess what are the major, uh, I guess the word that I'm going to look for here for the both of you is, what differences within those areas are what you think is the reason for a lot more of the crime compared to probably areas that don't see that high, dense, you know, population of crime? Is it more or less jobs? Is it more or less uh, the community itself that needs a little bit of money poured back into it? What do you guys see on your uh, neck of the woods back that way? I mean, it depends. Like, for example, with with Baltimore, and from what I see at times, it's, you know, definitely it's an economic piece to it. That's part of it, economics mm-hmm. and, you know, the self-esteem piece that go to it. And what I mean by that is, um, like, even where I'm at right now, it's just a few blocks from, from like, I guess I'm on, I'm on the east side. So a few more blocks people would consider it the hood, but right now it's being gentrified. And mm-hmm. so what's mm-hmm. happening at times is that when I hear a, a um, like automobile break-ins and stuff like that. It's usually like young teens, like around anywhere between um, 16 and 20 years of age, you know, riding mm-hmm. around with nothing enough better to do. As of recently, mm-hmm. they're going into the upper escalon neighborhoods like Guilford and started carjacking people, you know, straight right. up. Right. This happened right. just a few weeks ago, started carjacking people. So, you know, it's one of those things where I would, you know, hear on the, the local news out here and hear that, oh, well, these kids were there from East Baltimore, they're age 15 to 16, 17 years old. They went all the way up into um, um, Whitehall in, 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 in Baltimore County, and then and, and the house got burglarized and this, that, and the other. And you know, it's the mentality of constantly the black kids from the city, whether it be East or West Baltimore, going around the city robbing people, going around the county robbing people. But as mm-hmm. I said before, a lot of it was generational DNA that has been passed down, meaning that mm-hmm. if your grandparents or maternal grandmother been raised with some issues, it's been passed on to the child. So it's not so much about an area. It, it happens in West Baltimore, South Baltimore, North Baltimore, Northwest. It, it doesn't matter. I, I, even on a, on a personal note, you know, I dated someone who lived in a home and there was three or four generations of people living in that one house at that time. Four generations. Grandmother, mother, daughter, sister, and then the grandbabies, all in the house. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, 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 the boy got a, a baby at 15. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, so it's not so much the area, but sometimes it's about what's going on in the household. 
you know, sometimes we don't know if the the father or the mother is present, or even if they're both present, we don't know if they're doing drugs. If they're not doing drugs, we don't know if they're selling drugs. If they're not selling drugs, we don't know if they're struggling to make ends meet. If they're not involved or speaking out or reaching out to any of the politicians about programs that can help support their family and keep a roof over your head, because when you're stressed out about trying to put food in your baby's mouth, or you don't have the, the, the proper wherewithal to make the right decisions that's not going to affect you a generation down the road, things are going to happen. So I can't really say it's in a, 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 a poor section or this part of town when it comes to Baltimore because years ago I worked as a leasing manager, and, you know, you drive to this neighborhood and you think, oh, man, it's nice, it's not so bad. But I would sit at my desk. And while I'm on the phone talking to a prospective client, I'm seeing one house get raided, one house going door to door selling drugs right in front of me during the day. This is in West Baltimore. So, you know, during the day when most people are all at work, they're out there dealing drugs. Or you got people out there who are prostituting themselves in certain parts of the city. And, and again, this is in South Baltimore, Southwest, Northwest. I mean, I'm not going to name any specific streets, but this is still happening right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going along in here as well. I'm, I'm going to take it back to Marion Barry, who's, did, who's done wonders. Yeah, and I mean peace. wonders. Yeah. Yes, Less he's done peace. wonders for, for D.C. Yeah, and I'm going I'm to I'm clear this up right here for everybody listening, for all 20 million that's listening. Marion Barry was never a drug user, ever. He was never a drug user, never a drug dealer. He was a womanizer, but he was never a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. All yeah. that bullshit talking about, he, you know, he cracking up. No, he was never that ever, ever. He was a womanizer and he was a drunk, but he was never a, tra- a crackhead. I just wanted to lay that out there for everybody to know. But I'm going to go back to what he did for the city. Now, Marion Barry did wonders for the youth. He made sure that the youth in D.C. worked every single day. Summer when he was alive, he put that program in place. I was a part of that. I actually got jobs through that, through him. Without him, ain't no telling what a lot of the youngsters would have been doing. They got paid on time. A lot, a lot of them hanging out at like Seven Elevens and all that. That went down. He did that for the youth of D.C. Now he get you now he's moved on. You know, like you said, rest in peace. Now. While he's still living, I know Mary Williams. Mary Williams became mayor of D.C. Then the whole program for the youth kind of went down. Fenty became the mayor of D.C. after Williams, and then it went further down. It only recently got back into play when Mary Bowser became mayor, really just before she became mayor. So it's like when you have these components for our young black youth, to say, you know, because, I mean, I mean, of course, anytime they have money in their pocket, that's always a great feeling. That means I don't have to rob nobody. That means I don't have to kill anybody to survive. I'm working somebody, working with somebody, a non-job, a, a nine-to-five, a legitimate job, working with people where I can build my resume. I can take that beyond school. I can take that beyond college and really truly become somebody because now somebody actually is taking a chance on me a young black male or a young black female, and they're paying me good money. But when you pull those things out, that's when confidence goes. That's when all of a sudden it's like, okay, what am I do now? What I'm going to do now? So when you take a reason away from a from a you know from a youngster 
where, you know, where they feel like I'm doing something and you take it away. It's like, well, you know, you ain't got nothing to do, but, you know, go ahead and fend for yourself. What are you telling that, that, that you, what are you telling them? What is the message there? You know, cause I mean, you see a lot of them on, you know, on the media, you know, a lot of them unfortunately getting killed or getting, you know, jacked up in some kind of way. That's what the media is showing. But you don't see a lot of them creating programs in their own schools. You don't see them starting like a lot of financial programs, believe it or not, where they're learning how to save money, where they're learning interest rates and things like that. Some are opening their own businesses. Some are, you know, trying to find ways to actually buy a house young. You know, they, you know media won't show you that. But these programs that are in, that are actually starting to come back in, thankfully, you know, you're showing these, you like what you can do. So, you know, I mean, that's that's one thing that, you know, in all cities where that, you know, give the young black youth, especially what Pac and what Nipsey Hussle was trying to do, say, hey, give them something to look forward to. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's like, well, damn if I do, damn if I don't. You know, right. so that's that's what it has to be. It just has to be that way. Give them something to look forward to. Give you them that chance. Yeah, you guys kind of touched on what my next to last question was going to be, and I'm glad you did. Um, before we kind of go a little bit further, for those of you that are either just tuning in or are listening, I'd like to remind you that you are listening to a PLM radio exclusive live from Chicago tonight. LeVar Evans here along with my PLM brother. I, I like to call my PLM brothers because I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Right, I can't say cohort because they're <laughs> like my brothers too because I we. <laughs> we bugged this morning enough by now. Yeah, we family, man. Yeah, we family, man. All day long, all yeah, day man. in the paint, man. Family These all day. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers, you're hearing DJ along with me tonight yeah. from the but uh, yeah. <laughs> glad to be a part of the PLM family. And of course, you can. Uh, I'm going to tell you all later where just to follow all of us online so that you can mm-hmm. get the latest on what we're doing here, and especially great shows like this roundtable because it's not. You know, this is the first time. But it won't be the last time because there are so many topics to cover. <laughs> it's just not this. We'll yeah. be covering a lot more oh, yeah. in the months ahead. But yes. to continue on with where we were, uh, I guess one of the things that I want to ask, this is kind of going to be part one of a two-part question. And as black men, what can we do? to make a difference in our areas. Now, I want you to ponder on that for a second because I'm, I'm going to answer it first. And, you know, being here in this city, uh, in Chicago, and when we first talked about doing this roundtable, I kind of, I will be honest with you because being on this program and doing shows like this, I usually am honest with you, the listener. I actually was kind of ashamed of myself. And I'll tell you why. Because in the midst of a lot of things that go on here, I am probably like a lot of other people where the things that you read about every day, when you see it so often, you become numb to it. Numb and angry. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly tell you that coming up with things to talk about on this show tonight, I honestly will tell you that that question made me stop and think even more. And 
I don't know exactly, and, and there might be other people who might be in the same boat as me. What can you do? What can you do without becoming, quote, then a target yourself or putting yourself in harm's way? Because this is a different breed now. There used to be a time, this isn't like a TV show where somebody steps up to the bad guy, the bad guy has a second thought about it, and then they lay down their guns and then say, okay, yeah, I'll listen and I'll be good. This isn't a TV show. This is real life. Mm-hmm. You've had people mm-hmm. here in this city, especially in Chicago, who were trying to do good in their neighborhoods and trying to stop that violence and had been gunned down themselves or had family members gunned down. And just recently here, we had two young ladies who were part of a uh, Moms Against Gangs movement, and they were out one day, shot and killed here in Chicago. Granted, it wasn't anything where they were targeted. It just so happened that where they were at, they were shot and killed. And if there is nothing that probably angered me more and made me think more about that question that I just asked just a second ago, is what, especially especially as a black man, what can we do right now to make some sort of difference? And it's not a sweeping difference, not a small, you know, not a huge difference because it takes time to make a difference. But what can oh, yeah. we do yeah. to make a difference in our yeah. areas? Yeah, one of the best ways I can answer that is to work with other people who are doing something about it, especially Mm -hmm. as a black man. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. just keep it real. Um, When it comes to gun violence, I mean, just this Saturday, you know, they had a gun violence rally at City Hall. And while all of that looks great for the media coverage and the politicians, they get out there and they speak, um, that's not going to, we already know that's not going to resolve anything overnight. That's not going to resolve the mental state of what is going on with people. In the state of Maryland alone, you need a permit to carry. And the only time you can really use it that's legal is some, if someone is, uh, you know, on your, you're trying to harm you on your place of business or in your home or your property. You have every right to use your gun with a permit to carry. In Virginia, you know, they, they do have a license where you can, I guess, carry a concealed weapon, weapon or I believe it's open carry. It's a little bit different in Virginia, but let's just say yeah, it's it is for people to get guns in Virginia. Uh, let's be yeah, clear about that. What a Commonwealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a Commonwealth. Right, right. And what I, what, you know, for me, what I normally do at least once or twice a year, I, you know, end up volunteering with organizations who are doing work in the community. Like next Sunday, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at 3221 Baylor Road. And what it is is that um, this is an organization, the African Temple of New Thought. They are having a, 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 a well, holding an event which is free to the public um, to heal, to, to about generational healing, gener, healing generational trauma. I believe that is the theme of it. So they got several speakers there. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to be there Sunday from 12 to 6 playing music all day. You know, so music that's going to be empowering, music that's going to be a lifting, you know, so that's one of the ways I know how to do my part because I understand the power and the science of music and how it affects people, especially for generations that came before me and those that are coming after me. So, I, I, you know, and I share this story once in a while, not as a badge of honor, but, but just as a warning. Like a few years ago, these two little niggas tried to rob me at gunpoint at a carryout. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, ain't no way in hell this is going to go down. 
so luckily, with you know, I got the strength to disarm one of them, and you know, end up calling the police on them and having them arrested and sitting in jail for five years. So you know, is, is gun violence real? Is it going to keep the guns off the street with the rally that they had on Saturday? It's a great effort, but it's not going to happen. So my thing is, work with others who are trying to do stuff for the body. Support what they are trying to do, whether you're donating time to do something, whether you are sharing your talents or your skills or donating financially, help those who are doing the work because one thing I learned a long time ago is that we cannot do this all alone. Like you said earlier at the beginning of the broadcast, you know, you cannot have this discussion here without all of us here involved together. You know what I'm saying? So I Mm -hmm. definitely want to thank my big sister. Spontaneous for setting this up, and as we got many more to come. But yeah, I, I cannot stress that enough. Get with others who are doing the work. See what they're doing. Find out what you can to do to support them. Because it's not always about going in there and hey, I'm taking social media pics and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, okay, that's cool. But you really about that? Okay, promote the work that you're doing. That's great. But if it's just for photo op. Like some politicians, negative forty five, try to be mm-hmm. you know, our brother Nick Mills. Yeah. You can miss you yeah. know, y'all can miss me miss me with that bullshit. Yeah, that that's that's some crazy stuff. But I know one thing, Gil Scott Heron said it best. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. So mm-hmm. my thing is you know, I mean, you know, the, with the Me Too movement, you know, that was going on. I mean, a lot of the hashtags, I mean, that does bring attention, which is what it should do. But my thing is we need to use the platform to a point where there's so many injustices that don't get televised, that are not shown, that are not talked about. Uh, going back to your point, you know, with, with, uh, with the rallies and all that, it's like it's great, and you do have those that they do, they do go out there. And, you know, they're, they're trying to bring about change, but sometimes it, be, it comes like maybe a day late. Prime example is when negative 45, when Mr. Mr. Orange Face himself got elected, all right? Wasn't the people that elected him. His electoral college that elected him. Let's get that straight, okay? The electoral college elected him. But anyway, now after that happened, you started to see protests <laughs> after after that whole thing went down And my thing is this It should have been a, a, a More of a collective effort Because we as a country We have more power In our votes And more more power in our voices When we come together Think about mm-hmm. it. We have just a handful of politicians that we elect each and every year, each and every two years, each and every four years, whatever the format is. And when we get those politicians in there, it's like all of a sudden they say, well, we're going to do this instead, or we're going to do, you know, all of a sudden change their policies while they're in there. And now all of a sudden we get mad, we get angry. It's like, well, we should have done this research before this happened. Right? Let's, let's, Take to Instagram, let's take to Facebook, let's take to Twitter, let's take to Vimeo, let's take to all of these social media sites and, and, and video sites, YouTube and all that, and say, hey, this is what we need to do as a people. Because one thing is for sure is when these people come together, when we come together as a nation, a lot of things change. Look at the example of the Egyptians 
when they pretty much overthrown their president that one that one year, yeah. they they came. To, I mean, it was. I mean, it, it went a little bit more violent than what it should have, but I understood the message behind that. I said, okay, they said enough is enough. They came together as a people. Don't condone the violence that got started, but I love what they what they did to come together. I love how they did that. Look at what they're doing in Hong Kong. They're trying to get their i. They're trying to keep their identities as Hong Kongers. That's what they're talking about. They want to be separate from what China is talking about. Forget all that nonsense. But they are coming together. We're talking about 1.7 million people coming together in this protest to say we are who we are. And I'm pretty sure after a while, Puerto Rico in there as well. Yep. Did it nonviolent way. Um, Yes. And yes. I guess my other question here for you gents tonight, and I guess it's one of the questions that I think I, this is almost going to be like a show in itself, this topic alone. Here in Chicago, of course, you, uh, one of the things that a lot of people generally state, uh, and <laughs> the uh, person that is occupying the White House once said that he had a plan in which he could end Chicago violence in 30 days. Right. That was yeah. over three years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you yeah. do the math, that's been a little longer than 30 days, and no one still has done nothing. Right. But for areas such as here, such as there, the one thing that usually comes up is, why don't they bring out the National Guard? Why don't they do this or do that? I can honestly tell you, from a Chicago standpoint, the National Guard will not work. It will not only do nothing but probably make the situation worse. Mm -hmm. One of the things I usually hear is that, uh, and from seeing it, and I go through these areas every day, a lot of these areas are generally either poverty-stricken, schools are not uh, up to par, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it kind of starts, and this is just my opinion, and tonight this is all of our opinions. A lot of it is kind of like a building block method to me. And you can call me wrong or you can call me out on it, but, of course, some parts of it start at home. Some parts of it yeah. start with the local government assuring that school, yeah. the school yeah. sets mm-hmm. you up to be successful, not just put you through it and give you some information and tell you to go on your way, but set right. you up to be successful, while at the same time, giving you different programs to maybe enrich that skill a little bit more so that you could see what it's about. And also at the same time, investing in the community. There's a lot of communities out here who are screaming and crying for additional help and services, and they're not getting it. Even down to the point of where some of these places have become, uh, you know, without – local stores. I can't even fathom, you know, I I see that in a third world country, but not here in America, where in most urban areas where it's called a food desert. That's even Mm -hmm. worse to me that Mm -hmm. we can't even do that. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of building Mm -hmm. blocks that have to build upon it. But what do you guys think, you know, if you were put into public office and given, you know, tasked with the decision of turning around your own communities, Mm -hmm. how can you do that? Or what would you do? Um, 
Um, well, at least where I live, unfortunately, just like Chicago, Baltimore has a reputation of crooked politicians. I'm just going to keep it a buck. They would not want me in office because I will speak too much truth. They would not like me. I don't give a damn because it's not a popularity contest. I will just speak too much truth. Let, let's just keep it real. If you want to empower a people, you need to let them learn or it's important that they know who they are and where they come mm-hmm. from. And I, and I say that also not all also from a historical perspective, but also from a spiritual perspective as well. How is it that when you go into certain neighborhoods, let's just say in East Baltimore, you got to drive maybe a quarter of a mile, and, that is a, and the only restaurant you see there is a fast food restaurant or a carryout. There's a reason for this as well. The food in there is not nutritional. They have no nutritional value whatsoever. They're there to kill us. They got chemicals in them, which causes cancers, diabetes, all this other stuff to keep a community dead until some other group of people come in, invest in, regentrify, raise are the prices up also in the the, the, the the way of life the, the living environment becomes a little bit better it, it, you have to kill people in order to do that I, it, I would speak too much truth to power because I would make sure that some of these carryouts will not be in the community if they're going to be restaurants let's start with the food let's start when they're going to have healthier options that are more affordable in East Baltimore they had a black owned supermarket called apples and oranges it only lasted for maybe a year and a half I went there, I supported it when I could, but when I go in there, sometimes they don't carry all of the healthier things that I do eat, other than the fruits and the 100% juices. So right now, that place is a diabetes clinic. It's, no, no, let me correct that. It's a dialysis clinic right now instead of a supermarket. So when you go around, mm-hmm. this is off of North Avenue. This is across the street from the Great Blacks and Wax Museum. And the only thing you do when you go up the hill around the corner in the area, there's a, a wind disease and a crackdown. And then and then yep. more carriers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's just start right there first. Everybody talk about oh the people don't know what to do this and the other, so they go to stop shop and save. Okay, that's great. It's affordable options. It's better than nothing. Okay, fine. But again, the quality of food ain't what it's like like at, at Whole Foods or Mom Grocery Store. And I'm not saying they the end all to be on terms of high quality food, but when people don't have transportation and public transportation is not the best, it doesn't run like New York City where you got subways all around then people are going to go to places where they can get to and what's affordable or take a hat to go where just to feed their family. And, and, and people are just thinking about, what am I going to feed my family for the rest of the week or family for the rest of the month? Mm-hmm. Where you got canned mm-hmm. foods, where you got high levels of sodium, high levels of all kinds of chemicals in there, which in the long run is no good for you. I will make it a point to get rid of those, those, those I guess, cancer-ridden places first. I, I'm not worried about the property. I'm not worried about the land. I'm, I'm more concerned about making sure people can live longer so they can make healthier decisions to do things for themselves. But, again, I work with other people who are doing the work in the community to help those who are helping themselves and teaching others how to grow their own businesses and make their own businesses. Those, those are just part of my plans. Um, as far as some of the churches are concerned, 
Um, again, my thing is just that, you know, I know of a church that will host events um, that will bring lecturers out, like they brought out the late, great Dick Gregory. At, um, this is at Reverend Huber's church out in East Baltimore, up near Belvedere. I know some of y'all don't know the address of these places, but damn it, Google them. The point is, is that <laughs> when you have a church that's in the community that makes its own garden and grows its own food and so to the parishes, why aren't other churches doing that? What, when when we when they're having the bake sale and the sale for the new building fund, and again, I'm not criticizing, I'm not putting nobody down. Love our people, but we gotta do better than the the, the apple pies with the white sugar, processed sugar in the food. We gotta do a lot better than the ribs and all the stuff that's gonna be stuck in your oh, yeah, we, for yeah. years to come. Yeah. It finally comes yeah. out for calling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, definitely gotta make better it's about, yeah. it's about changing the mindset. So, like you said, Lavar, when you go into certain other areas who are a little bit more economic affluent, you don't find that there. You don't find a lot of liquor stores. You find maybe spirits, but you don't find you know you don't find no. liquor stores. It, it, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't find a whole lot of Cracked Donalds and Murder Kings All around those places, you know You don't mm-hmm. find a lot of that stuff in their neighborhood Not a lot no, and it, That's a big difference, you know So, yeah, go ahead, FX No, no just, just just to kind of pick it back off what you're saying I mean, from what we've seen and Especially, you know, where, where I used to live You know, we're talking about the northeast side Right there on Benning Road And, and you know, Bladensburg and all that You know, if you're familiar with the D.C. area But yeah, in that area know that, I, that's, Yeah, yeah. That's that's near yeah, that's, RFK Stadium. Yep, definitely near RFK. You're right. So that's home to my well, former home to my Redskins. They over at FedEx Field. So yeah, I'm the Redskins fan right now. But anyway, uh, yeah, but it's definitely close to the to the RFK. Uh, and in those areas, in those areas, that's all you had. McDonald's. You had all these liquor stores, carryouts, and all this stuff. And all it all it was was just to pacify the people there. And that's all it was. You definitely you put those in the low income areas just to pacify, because a lot of them are talking about we need better options, we need uh, more affordable grocery stores, and all of that. But do they get them? No, no. So so naturally they say, well, we're just going to open up this store for you, or we're going to open up that store for you, just so you can have it. And after a while, it's like they're not going to care. You know, and that's pretty much what a lot of the council members back in the day and during the 90s and even a few of them even today, you know, they kind of look at it as, well, we're just going to give you, you know, what we've been giving you for years. You know, and mm-hmm. we're, talking about a count, we're talking about council members in the D.C. government, where at one point was the second highest paid in the nation behind mm-hmm. L.A. The difference was L.A. were full-time politicians. They were full-time councilmen and councilwomen. D.C. is only part-time. That's the thing a lot of people mm-hmm. know. D.C. is part-time. So you're talking about a lot of them who went to office just to get paid, and they had businesses on the side. A lot Cha-ching. of them decided you see, and then a lot of them decided to just do what they felt like, what their lobbyists was telling them, people that's putting money in their pockets, they just give the people this, right? You know, but one thing, and I'm an educator by trades. I'm an educator. I'm a professor over at UDC, University of the District of Columbia, go Firebirds, math professor. And one thing, one of the things that I would do, if, if I was, I'd, I'd definitely do a little why he was talking about, like, they would get mad at me. I would make sure that everybody do the right thing. I would definitely hit them with stats and all this other stuff, say, hey, if we did these things, trust me, a lot of things would definitely go better for this city. But one thing I would do is I would definitely make sure that a lot of our teachers 
get paid the salary they're supposed to get paid. A lot of these teachers do not get a lot of support that they should be getting. They really don't. You got a lot of these schools here in D.C. Some got remodeled. Some got shut down. Unfortunately, there's more that got shut down than those that got remodeled. So, mm-hmm. you know, with Baloo, that got rebuilt. Thank God for Baloo because Baloo was, was at one point in a bad area. They pretty much changed that area now. So Dunbar, where I, my former album, uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, my album, Martin, where I graduated from, you know, they got more money. They've been remodeled, you know, but all three years, money just was not getting put into them at all. So education was just getting just thrown out of there. So D.C. was probably maybe in the middle of the pack when it came to education and all this other stuff when it came to the schools. You know, so people that were actually living in D.C., if they could, they would either move out to Maryland or they would move to Virginia for better education. So that would be one of the things I would do is let's make sure that we have the education. Let's get these kids educated so that way they can go out and if they see injustices and everything, they can go out, they know how to solve these problems. They know how to go out and say, hey, we need to do this. We need to definitely come up with better gun laws, or we need to definitely come up with better stores to help our elderly, you know, make sure they have the care that they need. You know, because right now you have a lot of them that's like, okay, I'm just going to school, get my grade, graduate, I'm going to go be a rapper or whatever the case is because that's what I see on YouTube. That's what I see on Instagram. That's what I get see on Twitter. I'm trying to get 10,000 listeners or 10,000 followers you know, but that's all I care about because I just care about the dollar-dollar bill. I ain't worried about my community, you know, because my community ain't doing for me, so why should I do for my community? You know, and that's the mindset. And like you said, going back to your point, he is we definitely need to change our mindset because here's how I look at it, and I've told my students this many, many times. If I don't have my brothers there or my sisters there or have my community with me, I can't sell no tickets. I can't provide a concert for my people. Where's my audience going to be if my community doesn't exist? Where's my where's my royalties going to come from, or where's my money going to come from if I have nobody there to cheer me on, or anybody there to so-called buy my album? If I, because my thing is this, it's just like it's just like what Nino Brown said in that movie. I hate to use that as an example, but the message behind it was so powerful. Is it was like. When it came to his community, you know, no, better than that. I'm sorry. Better than that. In, in, in American Gangster, in American Gangster, with uh, Denzel Washington, we played the character. He said, it's like, I took care of my community. My community is going to take care of me. And that was so powerful. Even though he did what mm-hmm. he did to get mm-hmm. his money, that message to me was so powerful. It's like, as long as I'm taking care of my community, my community is going to take care of me. And it's just an ongoing cycle that mm-hmm. we have to continue. It's like the economy. If you keep putting into the economy, the economy is going to put out, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger, and it's going to grow and grow. And so, again, going back to my, to my point is, you know, as starting with that education, we need to educate our people on how to sustain our community, to how to build our community, how to make our community flourish. We need to educate our people, change the mindset to let them know, say, hey, if we take care of our community, our community is going to take care of us. And as long as we keep putting into it, instead of taking out of, always thinking, like, what is the community going to do for me? My thing is this, and I'm going to go back to what Kennedy said. It's not for what 
my country can do for me is what I can do for my country. And we need to take that message and bring it into our individual communities and say what is not what my community can do for me is what I can do for my community. And that's what we need to do. As long as we have that message and have that in our hearts, and that's in everywhere in this country, everywhere in this world, and everybody that's listening right now, is if we take care of our communities, man, our community is going to take care of us tenfold. That's what we need to do. Well, we've got a couple of more minutes left here. You know, you know I hate to – that's the best point to leave it off on. I, <laughs> I, I was going to, like, let you guys have a couple mm-hmm. of minutes uh, for final thoughts, but I almost think that that's the best way to leave this show tonight, isn't it? I want you guys have a couple minutes. I want you Then we'll go to FX. No thoughts on this. Yeah, we could definitely go on another two or three hours. But you know, my I mean, two of my final thoughts. Like this, yeah. This is this is just the beginning of this discussion, and what it is is that. Oh, beginning of many people have to. I'm going to reemphasize about voting, especially in the local elections. Vote, 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 vote in local elections. Make sure the politician has your best interest research. in mind. Yes. Yeah, make sure that politician, he or, he or she, has your best interest in mind. Because if they do not have your best interest in mind, like for my brothers and sisters in New York, you know, they need to go out. Yeah. And I brought you yeah. New York for a reason because, you know, how is it a year or two later that an officer who killed Eric Garner choked him out on video mm-hmm. Is finally mm-hmm. getting suspended from his job, but yeah, yeah. okay. But, yeah, that's, yeah. That, yeah. And that politician, yeah, that politician ain't doing what you got to do for you. Yeah, vote him or her out. We had um, Mayor, you know, Catherine Pews recently voted out a few months ago. And the funny thing is, when she ran for mayor, you know, my cousin and I had these these spirited discussions, and we're asking ourselves, how is somebody from the Senate going to take a step back and go back to the city of Baltimore to become a mayor? Is it because she wants to set, the, set herself up to be a governor or because she has some other dealings going on, which we'll all find out later? Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. You know, healthy Holly books, over $100,000, you yeah. know, that was See, given to her yeah. that should not have been given to her from the um, University of Maryland Hospital. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah we, 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 we definitely, yeah, we, 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 just, we, just, we just need to get away from allowing money to influence us when it comes to things like that. It's like, okay, the only way I'll do this is because, you know, I'm getting all this money. It's like it should be a moral issue. It should be an educated issue, you know, and going back to your voting, you know, and I, and I, and I go back to this example about when Bush, when son Bush was getting elected and they actually talked to a voter and she was a single mother. I forgot where exactly where she was from, but she was a single mother. I think of like two kids. And they asked this woman on TV, you know, well, why would you vote for Bush? This is what she said. She said, because he's a a Christian, I guess. That's all she said, because he's a Christian. That's all she said. And I'm saying it's got to be more to a president or to a person that's about to be elected as an official. It should be more than one point that he oh he's a he's a, he's a Christian. No, it's got to be more than that. Like what is what is his or her issue on gun violence or about drugs or about schools? You know, it's got to be. It's that's why I say research these people. Make sure mm-hmm. that you know that they're on the same lines of a lot of the issues that you have. You know, my thing is like okay, whatever the four issues, 
Hopefully you can get, agree on three of them. My thing is, like, either the best two out of three or the best three out of four. Don't be like, oh, well, I, you know, I hate immigrants, so I'm going to vote for this person because I hate immigrants too. No, no. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. But you know what? Amen. You know what? And you know what? And this is what I heard one day, and, and, and I took this a different way. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to look at it weird, but this is how I took it. I was watching an evangelical show one night, and, of course, they said, thank God that Trump was president. Thank God he was elected. He's going to definitely do things for this country. I said, you know what? <laughs> I said, I said, I'm going to take it a different way. I said, you know what? Yes, thank God for Trump. Thank God for Trump. This is the reason why. Because if you notice, after Trump got elected, that's when people truly came together. So that was a blessing in disguise. Because notice, when Trump became when Trump became president, that's when you started seeing every people come out the woodwork say, "Oh hell no, hell no, we don't want this fool." In the world. Who the hell voted this? Like, and you notice even his own supporters are starting to distance from him. So, yeah, thank God we got Trump because now we're starting to wake up. Now we're starting to wake up. Amen. <laughs> we're starting to wake oh. up. So, yeah, thank God for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're just about to bring it almost here to a close. And I guess my final thoughts here is, uh, you know, I couldn't echo the sentiment more of what Waheed and FX have talked about here tonight. It's, it's just the beginning. Uh, of many conversations that we will have, we hope mm-hmm. that it is the start of conversations that you have not only with yourself, but with mm-hmm. people who are affected by what's going on out there. And, you know, we talk about a discussion for a better 2020. If we're going to have a better 2020, it starts now. Yes. And as the kids mm-hmm. always say out there, I hope that. Uh, you do stay woke, you do your research, and that you see for yourself what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I cannot leave tonight without, of course, thanking once again Boss Lady herself, Spontaneous, who you can yeah, follow thank you, Spawn. on thank you. Yep. Twitter, at Spontaneous. And here's the thing, we joked about this just last night. I want to make sure for you kids out there, if you don't know how to spell her name, <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> but you will follow her at spontaneous at S P A N T A N E E U S. And of course yes. you can follow my PLM brothers over here, DJ FX at Spinner Circle, DJ Waheed at DJ Waheed, that's W A H H E E D. And of course you can follow me over at News Comment B T R, which this show will also become a part of iTunes on a podcast. Guys, yes. Night back in almost two years, and I Welcome am back, thankful bro. to. Yeah, back, bro. I'm thankful to be thought of. I'm thankful to be back. Um, I am excited to be a part of this family, and I, like I said, I know you all from before. And my gift tonight, before we leave, is that we actually do have a little bit of extra time tonight. So what I am going to do, if you don't mind me being a DJ. Uh, I'm put DJ in front of my name here. Is that by I'm going to take opening from the top, play it in its entirety for all of you to hear because this is an awesome mix. So thank you. you will I appreciate hear that. <laughs> you will hear it tonight in its entirety. That's my gift to all of you as we close out the show. Uh, for DJ Wahid, for DJ FX, I'm Lavar Evans. Thank you so much 
uh, gentlemen, for being a part of the show. Thank you all who have been listening tonight for listening. We will Thank see you. you again. Thank you. And Godspeed to all of you. And, you know, as they used to say on Hill Street Blues, let's be careful out there, huh? You know it. Good night, all right. Peace, y'all. Love each other. It's me, Spontaneous. As I look at the world, it's beautiful. But what's been going on within the last few years has been extremely disturbing to me, especially in my country of the USA. I just want to thank all the amazing people worldwide who do great and amazing things for this planet and for people. Millions of people will hear today my radio show. Some of the most amazing men will be the guests speaking on what's happening in their communities and how we can make the future better without smacking the shit out of player haters and people who envy great people who've been making a difference in this world. Hawk, rest in peace, I miss you, baby. Nixie, rest in peace. Two real kings. We love you always. Thug life forever. PLM baby, forever. Thank you. 
half granny My nigga, this is dedication. This is anti-hesitation. This is a real nigga celebration. It's a dime block declaration. 59th and 50th granny My nigga, this is dedication. My nigga, this is dedication. My nigga, this is dedication. Nigga, this is dedication. Nigga, this is
niggas smutting, there's nothing much you can say now. I'm so accustomed to sucking niggas I hate now. I poke a face and touch them, my niggas play foul. It ain't no rules, cause these niggas threw the rules away. If I could pick a place and time, I would choose today. See, I'm the type of nigga die for his jewelry. Right? Gang related, homicide is what the news will say. Playing with my reputation ain't amusing, mate. Playing with a nigga patience, who are you to say? Short temper, fuck it, I'ma blow a fuse today. And when I lose my mind, I'ma shoot a face. I seen him get away with murder cause he knew the way. Killed the nigga, went to trial, then he beat the case. So what type of example do it set, nigga? Play with mine, you can fucking get wet, nigga. Yes, nigga. Over here driving down Slauson, man. Driving down Slauson, four in the morning, man. Cause I can't sleep behind what happened in this, man. Why niggas do the homie like that, man? At his own motherfucking stop.
L-L-L-Baby. L-L-L-Baby.